0: Washington Commander staff writer Zach Selby joins me to give an inside the organization look at what's going down at training camp. Quarterbacks, defense, receivers, and injuries, we're covering it all on this episode of the Locked On Commanders podcast.
2: Your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Welcome in Commanders fans to the Locked On Commanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders, free and available on all platforms, including YouTube and the new WUSA 9 Plus app. Your CBS affiliate in Washington, D.C. has an app that is a game changer for local news and sports in the DMV. Just download the WUSA 9 Plus app now from your Roku or Amazon Fire Stick. No matter how you're joining us, we thank you for making us your first listen or view of the day. I am David Harrison, writer for Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation, covering your Washington Commanders. My co-host, Chris Russell, not here for this episode, but you can find him on the Russell and Medhurst show on the Team 980 live Monday to Friday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern time or any time along with this show on the Odyssey app. We're not there or here. We're on Twitter at DHarrison82, at Russellmania621, and at LO Commanders. We thank you for making the Locked On Commanders podcast first listen or review of the day. Once again, this podcast sponsored by BetterHelp. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online, available to people worldwide. And they have a special offer for my listeners to get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash locked on. All right, guys, and we are joined now by Zach Selby at Zach Selby WC on Twitter. Washington Commander Staff Writer Zach, uh, appreciate you joining us. We'll dive right into uh, the topic of the day. The NFL is a quarterback-driven league, right? And the passing game reigns supreme still Uh, no matter what. So because of that, let's start with Carson Wentz and and what you've seen from him so far in training camp.
1: Yeah, I mean, I definitely think we've seen a lot of what we expected to see out of him, right? We saw, we've seen some of the good. I think he had a really strong practice today, especially in the latter half of of the practice. We've also seen some of the not so great. We've seen some of the interceptions. We've seen some of the missed throws. Um, Definitely seen his arm strength. I think he's, even when he's missing, he's He's really airing it out, which is you know good to see because I think that's what a lot of the coaches really want. They want Scott Turner wants to have this this offense be a little more vertical. They have the weapons to do it. Um, now they have the arm to get to, get to it. And I think it's he hasn't really hit on them too much yet. I think a lot of that comes down to him building of the bond with his receivers and his pass catchers. He's been doing a little bit of that with some of the receivers on the side, Jahan Dotson. Uh, Cole Turner talked today about how he's been kind of going off to the side and having a little bit of a connection off the field with, with Carson, which has helped on the field. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, Terry, he he, he's, he worked out with Terry in California in that player-organized workout. Um, so I think, you know, as it's, it's frustrating to say because we all want it to, like, happen now, but it's – Unfortunately, it's like a hurry up and wait situation where it's like you have to like let it build and let it grow and let Carson get uh, more involved in the offense. And I think he's doing that so far. We'll have to see. You know, I, th- I usually don't want to put too much um, attention on like what they're do- what the performance is on the field during practice until after like that first preseason game. Because I think that's the most realistic uh, bit of action we're actually going to see, which is going to happen in a couple of weeks. Uh, but now I think, you know, it's going about as I expected it would be.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think I think it's important, you know, no matter what's being put out there. I know we've we've had this conversation before as well. Like everything's important. Everything needs to be annotated, but nothing is definitive just yet. There's we we're we just got through with uh, day seven of practices during training training camp. And there's there's about seven. There might be uh, give or take one or more practices before we actually have the first preseason game, like you mentioned. So there's still plenty of time for any kinks uh, to get worked out. But if there's one area that you can isolate, where do you feel like the team needs to see him? Uh, take his next step forward is it is it going to be more important for him uh, to get to continue getting in tune with his wide receivers we've seen him miss uh, cam sims on a couple of deep routes overthrew him which honestly if, if you're going to miss you want to miss yeah. deeper not not shorter right but is it more important to get those things worked out or is the mental processing and reading the field kind of like what ron uh, has talked about a little bit still the main focus at this point in the process
1: I mean, I think, you know, the, the mental the mental part of it is, is probably going to be key, right? Because if you think about it, I mean, he's only been – if you include all the all the times he practiced in the offense, it's been about, what, maybe a month total worth of practices, maybe a little bit more, maybe a little, little, little bit less. Um, so I think, you know, and again, like, I think one of the things we're going to have to understand with Carson, I think Carson is, is establishing himself more as a gamer as opposed to, like, a practice player. Um, because a lot of the things that he does well – like when the when the lights are on, he he shows that he like knows how to like win games. I yeah. think you know, as he learns the offense more, you're gonna see a little bit more of him being able to take chances, make those plays that we all kind of want him to see. And I th- I think the arm strength, I think he's got that down. I think the receiver stuff, you know, that's just gonna come with time. That's like a impatient being impatiently patient sort of thing. Um, the offense, I think, is is and learning it is going to be the biggest uh, biggest challenge. And that's not a knock against him because it's a very complicated offense. And not just he has said that, uh, Taylor has said that, uh, Fitz, who is probably one of the smartest people who has ever existed in, in the NFL, uh, will, has said that um, it's a very nuanced offense. And I think it, as much as we would love it, I mean, it's not Madden, right? We're not going to be able to go in here and just sling the ball, you know, to Terry, you know, on every single play on a go route. It takes right. time to develop that kind of bond and that kind of and and that kind of knowledge about the offense.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that would that would be awesome. I mean, I think everybody who has Terry on their fantasy roster would absolutely love uh, that strategy. And, and you mentioned, yep. yeah, there you go. You <laughs> mentioned Cole Turner, right? I mean, even Cole mentioned uh, that you know, reading the or understanding the playbook and really learning it and getting into it uh, as a rookie tight end, fifth round pick, like he's feeling kind of the pressure. Uh, of trying to get that thing understood. And, you know, Carson's been in the league a little bit, but he's never seen this playbook until uh, he came to the team, obviously. So more to come from Carson Wentz, obviously. Like you said, you see some good, you see some struggles, some growing pains, we'll call them, but the the key is growth, right? So let's talk about uh, the backups, though, for a minute. Have you you seen any improvements uh, from Taylor Heineke compared from this time last year uh, to this time, obviously, this year? And what are your early impressions on the rookie, Sam Howell?
1: Yeah, sorry to have to wipe my eyes because I just got blinded by the sun. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I think, um, I think Taylor – the one thing I have noticed more about Taylor is that he is – he seems like he's throwing the po- football downfield more often. Um, he's definitely trying to air it out until so that he can when he needs to, you know, if he needs to, be able to direct the offense in a way that Scott Turner really wants to see it. And I think that's, that's a good skill to have is being able to know when, he, uh, when to use that arm strength. That's something he worked on, right, this off season with, uh, with trying to actually worked with Carson. Um, you know, he he's kind of learned a little bit more about how to air it out a little bit more and kind of extend the offense. I think that was one of the biggest problems that we had last year. In terms of like you know try figure out like how we can get the offense to go a little bit more vertically, um, and he's she, he's showing that um, you know that they're not all hitting uh, as much as he would want to, but I think it's he's growing right. in that in that part that part of his game, and that's really good to see. And in terms of like Sam Howell, I think the arm strength is absolutely there. Um, you see why he was drafted. You see what they liked in him in him in terms of his skill set. Because I mean, if you, even if you go back to Rivera, they with the Carolina Panthers. They've all, all of his quarterbacks have been able to throw the ball downfield. At least his starters have. I mean, going back to Cam Newton and you know and uh, you know some of the other players that have kind of mixed into that lineup with, with Cam Newton being hurt. Um, so again, it comes down to the the experience and the growth with Sam Howell. I don't think he's ready yet to take the field, but when he I think if he, if in an emergency situation, if he does need to, we we hope not. But if he does, he at least have the ability to to move the ball down to use that arm strength.
0: Yeah, certainly, and he's he's a guy that i know, too. Like you, I come in almost every day, and you kind of feel like you see an improvement somewhere in his game, whether it's processing, whether it's getting the ball out quick, or like you said, if all else fails, he's at least got a cannon uh, attached yeah. to that shoulder. But like you said, not not ready to take starting snaps yet. I know he's getting a lot of love on social media, but he's not. Not quite there yet. We'll give him some more time and let Carson uh, do his thing. Quarterback may be king in the NFL, but defense wins championships still. So let's take a look at the one that we have here in Washington. But first, if you haven't tried Built Bar Puffs yet, you're depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. And guess what? The cookie dough chunk puffs have a light and chewy texture, real cookie dough chunks, and, of course, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. All the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it. Plus, It's healthy for you. If you love peanut butter, there's a peanut butter lover's bundle available now that is going to blow you away. Like all built bars, cookie dough, chunk puff, and the peanut butter lover's bundle is covered in 100% real chocolate. That means they're healthy and they're tasty. What's great about built is that all their bars are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits eat something that tastes good and is good for you. Go to built.com use promo code lock 15 and get 15% off your order by using the promo code lock 15 at built.com.
2: Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for mock draft Monday on the locked on NFL draft podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast,
0: part of the Locked
2: On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Thanks again for making the Locked On Commanders Podcast your first listen or your first view every day. Now back to my conversation with Staff Writer for the Washington Commanders Zach Selby. Yep. Zach Selby, staff writer for the Washington commanders with us here on the locked on commanders podcast. Uh, and Zach, yeah, this may be a quarterback driven league. We just talked about the quarterbacks pretty good, uh, but the bulk of the draft capital here in Washington has still been spent on the defense with this team. So Zach, is there anything different you're seeing in this year's defense compared to the 2021 version?
1: I think they are a little more confident in, in the, what they have in the terms of their personnel. I um, you, I think the biggest example of that is the secondary, right? I mean, I, you could, Name a defensive back, and they're probably going to tell you how much better communication is. Uh, you know, William Jackson said it's a thousand percent better. Uh, Bobby McCain said, you know, it takes a lot of time and rest, but that he does see the communication. Um, you know, going back to William Jackson, he said that he can see he he can often you know what Bobby is thinking without he really even talking to him, and that's a level of communication that they probably didn't have that much last year because you know we had the COVID you know, regulations that were still sort of in place, and you know they, there was less time on the field and then less time in person too. Often. I I think that really also helps as well. Um, and I think, you know, that's a big area for the secondary. They seem to be more in sync. I mean, if you look at it, like, I mean, I think well, what was like the Monday, uh, the five interception practice that was that was a great day. And I'm actually writing a story about this, actually. Um, yeah. And uh, it's yes, it was a great day, but it's also like not a, it's also not a one hit wonder, right? They they all showed uh, for the past couple of days that the secondary is definitely a lot better than it was last year, and I think the linebackers, you know, that's a position that's always you know got scrutiny this offseason, mm-hmm. uh, but I believe Cole, Cole Holcomb feels a lot more comfortable in his in his uh, Mike uh, linebacker role that he's kind of taken on now. Jamin Davis is more comfortable in his role. The defensive line, obviously, they're still studs. So, I mean, there's really not much much more comfortability you can get in that. But I think comfortability and confidence is where the Stevens is at right now. And that's, that's really like nice to see.
0: Absolutely. And, of course, you've got some some young guys, some rookies that were drafted and some undrafted guys, too, that are hoping to make an impact and and earn yep. their way onto this roster. Fideria Mathis, Percy Butler, uh, and Christian Holmes, all guys who, who have roles to play on this defense, it seems. And at this point, I'd be surprised if any of the three didn't end up on the 53-man roster, which I think is, is really a testament to how well uh, this team drafted this year. But which of those three uh, has stood out among his peers m- the most to you?
1: It's so I want to say Federian, but there's kind of like a caveat to it because yes, like practice is not really where you're going to see his impact the most. Because uh, you know, I had a deep with the line coach back in high school who said that if you're like a like a, a nose guard slash like you know shade technique kind of player, and you just kind of like hold your ground, you're already doing half of your job. And that's yeah. kind of hard to simulate, like, whenever, you know, you're in control situations, like, you know, even with full pads in practice. Um, I think Percy Butler is a player that, as he quietly does his job, he doesn't, like, he did not say too much, you know, he, like, he, he's not out of place. But whenever he does flash, he flashes in a very big way. You know, he had interception, you know, on that five interception day. He was right yeah. where he needed to be. And I think that's that's a really good sign. Uh, and backs up the, the quote youth that, that Rivera has been saying a lot about how he expects to, Percy to be an immediate contributor on this team. I think he threw out like I think he's gonna be in about 53% of the snaps you, know, which make pretty much make him a starter uh, in very in many capacities. Uh, so I'm, I'm interested to see what he does um, and, and what he does not just for himself, but for what he allows the rest of the secondary to do around him because then you have if you have Percy Butler out there, who is, you know, kind of got that nickel position locked down. You got, you know, you got Kendall Fuller who can kind of hold down his responsibilities. William Jackson can do the same on the other end. And then you got Cam and Bobby back there, uh, you know, holding down the safety spots. So, you know, they don't have to worry about whether Percy Beller can handle his own responsibilities.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Percy's definitely one of my favorite players that I've been able to watch uh, so far. In fact, on, on that play where he got his interception on that five interception day, I just, I was fortunate enough as you know i'm gonna watch 35 on this rep and i gotta watch him from the snap to the read to the break to the to the completion yep. of the play it was it was an amazing play uh definitely looking good out there and i noticed that he and christian actually uh, a lot of times they're talking to each other so rookies teammates in the in the secondary there they're helping each other out uh kind of coaching each other up and, and talking it through uh for mathis though like you said i mean a, a lot of you know a big space eater uh he did have a very nice spin move that i saw during the yeah. one-on-one on, on Wednesday, I was I was very surprised to see if Daria Mathis pull out a spin move on, on the, in the one-on-ones. But he did it well, and he didn't fall down, which uh, someone as big as he is to move that quickly and not fall is impressive enough uh, just to me. Um, of course, Jamin <laughs> Davis, the second-year linebacker, former first-round draft pick. Obviously, a lot of people disappointed in what he did uh, in his rookie season. He's kind of said as much in himself as well. I mean, Jonathan Allen has said he has to be disappointed in what happened. But really, the message has been moving forward, and how are we going to build – uh, upon that first year. He said he feels faster uh, during the OTA. He said he thinks he's playing better. Cole Holcomb has praised him. John Allen has praised him. Now Are these just teammates being good teammates or do you really think that we've seen Jamin Davis take a step forward towards being a solid linebacker for this team?
1: I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. like I I'd, I'd- I've known Cole, you know, from afar at least, from since he really got drafted back in 2019. Mm-hmm. He doesn't strike me as someone who's going to just, you know, BS you and right. and uh, and just kind of blow smoke off somebody just because they feel he feels like he's in the mood for it. I yeah. think he really is showing growth because it's not just Cole who's saying that. Um, you know, Rivera is saying that. A lot of Jamin's teammates are also saying that. Um, you can see that he feels a lot more natural. On the outside and making plays, so I think that's what he did a lot of Kentucky, right? It's a he was able to operate more in space. He was able to make tackles, you know, against some of the more athletic uh, skill players in the SEC. And I think that's I think that's what he's going to do for Washington, right? I think he's going to be able to play a little bit more freely than maybe he was last year, and the extra extra year of experience that probably helps him so much. And you know, as much as we all want players, you know, especially first round picks, to kind of just be immediate impactors. About players going to make all rookie teams and all this other kind of stuff. That's yeah. not necessarily always the case because everybody's everybody's growth is very different. Mm-hmm. um And you know, with Jamin, I think he's I think he's where he needs to be. I don't think he's you know I think he I don't think he's I don't think he's really unsurprising anybody in terms of like how he's been able to develop so far.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's flashed a couple of times during training camp as well, and people have been uh, yeah. very happy to see him doing so. Look at the rest of the defense. The, the secondary got some some flack last year, right? So there's some new pieces there. Yep. Some of the new exciting players that we've talked about already. Uh, but let's let's turn the light on Kendall Fuller and William Jackson a little bit because those are two guys who you know maybe some people don't think they lived up quite to their billing. William, William Jackson has mentioned yep. being more comfortable in year two, knowing the guys, knowing the scheme, uh, getting his swag back as he likes to 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 say. Uh, but Kendall Fuller has been one of the stars of training camp. So talk about those Absolutely. two guys, the starters, and and really what they've been able to do so far.
1: Yeah, Fuller has been one of my favorite players to watch this, this yeah. training camp because it seems like he's just, I mean, you should, we shouldn't, we shouldn't be surprised by this, but he is sure. like, just. he's always in the right spot. Like he always seems to make a play, Um, you know, it, whether he's got interception for himself or he's helping other people get interception like he did with Cole, Hol- uh, Cole Holcomb back in like, I think it was day two or day three Um, mm-hmm. it, back when we were on the other side of the field. And I mean, I think, I think it goes down to his film study. I think it goes down to the fact he is really motivated personally uh, to get back, you know. And he, he didn't necessarily had a have a bad year in twenty twenty one, but in terms of like you know the the interceptions he didn't get nearly as many. Um, so I think he totally takes that to heart. So I think he's really gonna. I think he could have a really strong year. Again, like it's hard to say, you know, with, with training camp and control situations. But it wouldn't surprise me if he was just one of the. The best, like the best players on the secondary, again. And yeah. in terms of William Jackson, um, I think the biggest thing, kind of going back to experience, is that he has more knowledge of what he's doing in in the system now. Because you know, a lot of people made, made a big deal about how you know Cincinnati is more of a zone heavy scheme or more of a man heavy scheme, and then you know, the commanders have had more of a zone concept, and he mm-hmm. yeah, seems like he's getting more more used to that. He's, no. he, he, he's still been able to use a lot of his man skills to go out there and make plays. I mean, he had a really solid play against uh, Terry McLaurin back in, uh, during one-on-ones today where he kind of made a nice little pass break up there. Um, again, like that kind of goes into his man, his his process of being a man corner. But I think he's still – I think we're seeing a lot more consistency out of him. And I think we're going to see a little bit more of why the commanders t- tried to bring him in on a multi-year deal last season because they really think that he has a lot of potential to to – Follow around a lot of like these number one receivers and shut them down.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think William Jackson certainly looks more comfortable. He says he's he looks more comfortable than when you watch him. He certainly looks uh, every part of what he is saying. And then Kendall Fuller. I mean, you mentioned it. You expect Kendall Fuller to play well, but he's doing well right. even for Kendall Fuller. And then I kind of sent out a tweet uh, on on uh, on Tuesday about Jonathan Allen winning in one on ones. I said even for Jonathan Allen, he's winning. It's and basically what I mean by that is. He's Jonathan Allen. So, of course, he's, he's going to do well. You yeah. expect him to do well. But even right. for what John Allen is expected to do, he was still winning uh, in those one on ones. We are going to wrap up this conversation with Zach with a focus on the offense. But first, this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. My first career in life was a real stress builder. And because of it, we always had professionals available to talk things out if and when we needed them. And it was a good thing that we did. Life is full of twists and turns. And it's important to show up for yourself through it all. BetterHelp Online Therapy can help you do that wherever you are. They assess your needs and can match you with your own licensed professional therapist in less than 48 hours. Life is a team sport and nobody does it alone. BetterHelp does your intake survey, which is simple, direct. There's no wrong answers. You take all the time you want or need. Do it privately instead of in the waiting room of some office or building. And when you're done, BetterHelp will find someone who can work with your needs. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online, available to people worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your therapist. You can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you don't have to be on camera if you don't want to. And getting therapy every week is as easy as a few clicks on your laptop or phone. And better help understand, sometimes people just don't click. and makes it easy and free to change therapists if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline therapy and financial aid is still available for those who need it. And they have a special offer for our listeners to get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash locked on. That's 10% off your first month of online therapy at betterhelp.com slash locked on.
2: They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: You can find Zach Selby, again, on Twitter, at and Find his work at Commanders.com, including his Hail Mail column, where you guys can send in questions, and Zach will give his best effort in answering them. But for now, Zach is here to answer some more of my questions our last segment with Zach. Let's turn to the weapons now. uh, From when we talked about Carson, we talked about the defense. Those are kind of the two main themes here this season, but the weapons, I mean, there are weapons everywhere, Uh, but let's talk about the back end of this wide receiver group. Uh, McLaurin, Dotson, Samuel, you know, those guys are there. And even though Dotson still, you don't know fully what he's going to be as an NFL receiver. Uh, First round draft pick. He's not getting cut. Nobody's going to try to put him on the, uh, on the practice squad. So, who's been most impressive outside of those top 3 because I know we were talking uh, earlier this week and there's kind of like a top 5 feel like we kind of feel like there's five guys solidified but then there's some other guys battling but outside of the top 3 uh, who who's impressed you the most
1: so i you know i look at it last year they had seven receivers make the initial 53 and i think that could possibly be the case again this year because i think they don't want they don't want to give up they don't want to give up. As, they want to give up as little amount of these weapons as they possibly can. Yep. And I think in terms of, you know, that bottom, you know, group, because which is what position I've been watching a lot. I think Dax has probably been the most impressive to me because yeah. I, I, I'm sure he's dropped something, but he has not, <laughs> I haven't seen him drop a pass. You might've dropped a couple
0: of defenders on some yeah, routes.
1: <laughs> I mean, he's been, he's been doing a lot of yeah. really good stuff and, yeah. I mean, he's reliable. He knows how to get open. He knows how to work against zone coverage, which is really key. Um, I think he's got really reliable hands. And it seems like just no matter who he's catching the ball from, no matter who he's going up against, he just finds a way to get open and just secure the ball. Um, And another thing is, like, he's got the special teams experience, too, which could help him out a lot. I know we're still looking for a replacement for with DeAndre Carter uh, leaving us. Um, but I, th- I think he could do it. I think he's got some of the some of the skills. You know, you mentioned the hail mail. put. I someone asked me about that, and I think if I had to say, it'd probably be between Dax and Alex Erickson. Uh, because yep. I mean, yeah, I know that Jahan has that ability, but I don't think they're going to regularly put him back there unless they absolutely have to. I think yep. Dax has that. I think he's popped more in camp to me. Um, I think Alex Erick- Erick- Erickson could still make the team, but I think mm-hmm. Dax just continues to impress me.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Dax Milne. I mean, you know, uh, this this is my second year uh, fully on the commanders beat my first year there in person. And and I I wasn't able to see Dax Milne in person last year because of that. And ever since I saw him in person, I mean, his from from everything from the footwork, the release into his routes, everything. I mean, it's just it's all been very, very uh, impressive. Looking forward to seeing more. So the preseason's coming up again. You got a full week of practice and then the first preseason game. And and, you know, fans, they love seeing the game. They love seeing the action. But towards the end of the game, people kind of get distracted or a little bit bored and kind of turn away. Who's a bubble receiver you think that these these fans need to know about to keep tuned into the television screen during the end of these uh, these preseason games?
1: That's a very good question. And I think Jaquez Ezard um, has been a guy who has kind of found a way to make a couple of good plays here and there. I think, you know, Marco michelle he hasn't done too, too much so far in camp, but he had a really strong OTA period. Um, so um, we we're still we still got about a month left to camp, so he could still you know have have a couple plays here and there. Uh, Kyrat McGowan is another guy who has a little bit of a deep threat. He had a really nice catch um, working with uh, Till Heineke a couple yep. days ago, where he just aired out for like 30 yards, and McGowan just kind of came up and just snagged it with both his hands. I think those three are the guys you really want to watch. Um, you know, McGowan and, and Ezard have been in special teams, um, you know, kind of role as well. Which is got, which honestly, I think is going to be a big like factor in terms of like, who they're, he's going to make the bottom of the roster is who can contribute on the special teams that like, returning punts. But I think those three are are a couple guys maybe to watch. Uh, you know, whenever uh, Sam Howell's out there slaying it, um, he could potentially uh, that probably is going to be his starting lineup uh, in the, with the threes. So I think whoever d- plays the best out of those three is probably going to end up making the roster.
0: Yeah, all three guys, the same thing. Uh, this has been one of the best groups to watch all training camp. Looking forward to seeing them uh, in the games as well and continue to see what these guys do. Uh, of course, injuries a big topic for every team this time of year, but maybe more so for Washington. While many are trying to keep from getting hurt, this team's already got some significant guys injured trying to come back. And then the team unfortunately lost undrafted free agent Drew White, linebacker, to a torn ACL on Tuesday that Coach Rivera confirmed on Wednesday. Uh, but the biggest injury watch right now that's kind of undetermined, right, has to be Curtis Samuel. Yep. Uh, now, he was on the field for day seven in pads, which was great. Uh, only completely sat out one portion of the practice, right? He just he missed the one-on-ones, but did a little bit, at least, in, in everything else. What did you think of how he looked in this uh, first padded practice for him of the year?
1: You know, I think whenever he's on the field, I think he looks exactly how I expect him to look, right? Like, I mean, he's he had a couple of catches today, I mean, with a little bit of contact, and it. He looked like it didn't really bother him that much when he was doing individual drills, catching passes. He had a lot of quickness, had a lot of the twitch that you would expect to see out of Curtis Samuel. And then, of course, you know you had that that really sick uh, juke move he had ha- had last week yeah. against uh, Benjamin St. Juice. But I think today he looks he looks like as expected. Now, I mean, the the key with Samuel is how long can he how long can he stay on the field, right? Because yeah. I like, think he hasn't really been on 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 a practice field for three straight days, which mm-hmm. I again, it's frustrating, um, but I also think there is merit in making sure, from the coach's perspective, that they want to make sure he is ready for week one, because I think he is a really big bonus that you can have for the offense, right? Because you have, if you have McLaurin and you have Dotson and you have Sims, like, that's a, pr- that's a pretty solid trio, right? But if you have Curtis Samuel in that group, it, it takes a one or maybe two steps up. Um, so I think, yeah, like, it's, it's frustrating to see that he's not out there, you know, on some days, but if it comes down to it and he's ready for week one and he has, you know, a really big game, I don't think anyone's really going to be caring all that much about the fact that he was out for, you know, no. a random Monday practice or a random Saturday practice. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. This is an early August problem. Let's, let's yes. hope it doesn't become an early September or mid-September right. problem. I mean, yeah, the, the first rep he took in teams uh, on Wednesday, he just went in motion. He didn't, he didn't get the ball, didn't go out for a route, nothing just went in motion across yep. the, the formation. And and, every, and the defense had to trust it so much or, or respect it so much that I think it was Cole turn. I know it was a tight end. I want to say it was Cole ended up wide open uh, for, for yep. a route that he ended up turning upfield and getting a good chunk of yards on. So, I mean, yeah, just having number 10 on the field is important. Uh, Zach, we got time for one more question, but I want to turn the lens inward a little bit. Your first time on the show here, uh, at least with me, you got a job that a lot of Commanders fans would covet, right? You're in the building, you're around the team when when media guys like me are kicked out, so we don't get to see any of the secret sauce that's going on there. Uh, but what's something that fans might be surprised to learn about your daily workflow, or maybe something you were surprised about when you first started off being a staff writer for the team?
1: You know, that is that is very interesting. Um I think, in terms of like when I first started here, um, you know, this is something that I wanted to do, to do since I was like 10 years old, right? And I think, you know, you you see it, you see all the jobs, you see like, you know, people doing it, you know, like read all the stories and everything. But uh, I mean, I was prepared for the work, but I think like people all understand that this is like, this is my life, like 365 days. <laughs> A year, twenty-four yeah. hours a day. Honestly, even when I'm, even when we're not doing like in-season stuff, like we've got the draft, we've got free agency, we've got the combine, we've got you know all this other stuff, and then the only time we really have to ourselves is the dead period, and we're we're using that point to get ready for training camp, and then we're doing it right. all over again. Um, so I think you know, I think this is something that people need to understand is that like the grind that all that myself and like all the other people that work here put in is like, it's, it's real. Like it's, it's an insane amount of grinding. You have, you really have to love it because you will be, this place will test you. And it like the business itself will throw you out if you don't love the sport and love what you do. Um, So I think for anyone out there who is like thinking about getting into media, trying to get into journalism or anything like that, just like you really go do it, prepare, you know, make sure that you've got all the other stuff, but also understand that this is a job. I mean, that it's going to dedicate a large portion of your life to being good at it. And if you really want to be good at it, you got to make the right kind of sacrifices for it.
0: Absolutely. Well said. Well said. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people don't understand that everything becomes a job eventually right now. Granted, it's, it's a job you can love, right? And, that, and that's the best part of it. And certainly you get to see a side of something you, you love uh, from a different angle, but uh, 60 I'll, hours a week. I'll give, I think, you, minimum. I'll give you
1: an example. A couple of years ago, we had a roster move happen over the weekend uh, during the season and I was hiking with some people and I had yeah. to uh, set the roster move up on the website through my phone with like almost like no service. Like, uh. I mean, on like a random Saturday afternoon, that's just oh. the word. Like when, when the work happens and, it, and they need your attention, it's like, not, it's not when you want to, it's not like when you have the, to have the right kind of mood. It's like, we need you to get this out right now.
0: <laughs> oh. It's gotta be done. It's gotta be done. So, yeah, yep. 60 hours minimum. I mean, that's, that's, that's probably a good week. Like 60 hours. Yeah, oh. oh man, I get some downtime. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. uh, again guys find zach on twitter at zach selby wc throw him some love though. some throw him some some Reed's read, read work right it's great work first of yeah. all but obviously and then Thank there's you. a lot of work Thank going you. into it as well the writing and the podcasting. you find all of that of course at commanders.com thanks for being on the show today zach look forward to having you on again soon and uh, looking forward to seeing you tomorrow morning bright and early out there on the uh, practice field
1: absolutely man look forward to seeing you tomorrow
0: a big shout out once again to zach selby staff writer of commanders.com not the last time you're going to be seeing or hearing from him we want to thank you again for making the locked on commanders podcast first listen or view of the day come back for our next episode in the meantime though make your second listen the locked on nfl podcast our national nfl experts and insiders keep fans dialed in with the biggest stories and the latest news from around the league follow locked on nfl every day on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. If you've got questions or topics for this show, send them into Locked on Washington Commanders at gmail.com or call in and be a part of the show by dialing 301-615-3577. That's going to do it for today, Commanders fans. Thanks again for joining us. We are free and available on all platforms. I'm David Harrison, writer for SI.com's Fan Nation. And for my co host, Chris Russell of the Russell and Met Her Show on the Team 980. If you're out and about, please be safe, be kind to one another, and thank you for joining me right here on the Locked On Commanders Podcast.
2: Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast.